Welcome to Kamen Rider Decacast. Uh, this is, uh, what, scale number three, I think? Yeah, yeah, this is the third one we're doing. We're doing Godzilla Movie 5, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. And this time, instead of me and Sybil, it is me and Garrett talking about Godzilla this time. Hi, I'm here and not hosting. This is a nice change of pace. <laughs> uh, I also have a question. Uh, because I'm bad and I haven't listened to these, I'll make sure I do that. Um, why is this not the fifth scale? Are we not going in order? Uh, cause we skipped the first two because, um, well, honestly, cause I'm a little intimidated to talk about the first Godzilla movie because it is a major event in world cinema history and one of the best films of all time. And two, because it was not directed by Ishiro Honda and is repetitive and boring. Okay, that's fair. I accept these answers. At least, from my understanding, it admittedly has been quite a while since I've seen Godzilla Raids again. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah. I We do plan to go back and do uh, the first Godzilla movie at some point. I just wanted to get a few of these under... We were sure that this was a fun thing to do, and we had interesting things to say about them before I went back and did the first Godzilla movie. I had a fun time watching this film, and I am sure I will have a fun time talking about it. Yeah, Garrett, uh, that's uh, this, that's how we started the first one when we did these, was uh, tell me about your experience with Godzilla, and uh, how it relates to your experience with Tokusatsu in a larger sense. It doesn't. What I will. Mean, I you, will you have elaborate. Never seen any Godzilla films before this? Uh, pretty much, to be honest. Um, like, I've probably seen like part of like the early two thousands one. I saw like all the MonsterVerse movies minus Skull Island. Um, Skull I shot, okay. I saw Shin Godzilla, which is one of the greatest movies of our time. Yeah, Shin Godzilla is amazing. I keep hearing, I've heard so many good things about Shin Ultraman now, and I yeah, haven't seen it yet. I really want to see it. Yeah, I man, I want to see it so bad. Shin Godzilla is... Has there been any news about a, like a American theatrical run or anything yet? I have not heard anything yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, me either. It has to be coming, because Subaraya's just like, fuck it, just throw everything at the US. Yeah, I saw that they put, like... Uh, some like uh, what did they put Kuga on Blu-ray recently or something? Uh that's not Subaraya. That's Toei. Oh, okay. I always get that stuff. Um, well, uh, Subaraya's been doing Ultraman releases for a minute. Their new show, oh god, what is it called? I want to say Trigger, but I don't think it's Trigger. It might be Decker. Fuck, I should have. I didn't. I should have assumed this was going to come up. The new Ultraman show they do. They've been doing the thing like with um. Z Zet and the other ones were like they put it on their YouTube channel and English sub it so you can just watch it weekly, which is fun. It's a good time. Mm. Um Okay. They um so that's unrelated to this. Um Yeah, no, I didn't really have like a childhood of, of Godzilla. I was like a Power Rangers VR trooper, uh superhuman samurai cyber squad uh child. That's that's very surprising to me, yeah, because, yeah, I, I transitioned right from the Power Rangers into Godzilla movies at a pretty young age, but, you know, hey. I, I, I guess I also had a dad who just was a weird classic film nerd, so I guess he was just like, well, if I've got to watch giant monster fights, I'm going to at least make them ones I like. I mean, giant monster fights are fun. So yeah, but, I haven't really had too much, so like this is kind of like a lexicon I'm starting to fill in. And I've okay. seen, like, a couple more after being to uh, G-Fest, the Godzilla convention that is in my home state. We, God, I have, like, a, yeah, you should watch, like, the canonical, like, best ones then sometime. I didn't realize you hadn't seen most of them. I would I should have picked out. We watched part of, we watched part of the, the Heisei Ghidorah movie, didn't we? Uh, possibly. 
I thought I remembered us putting it on one year at ASIN, but I don't remember if you were in the room or if this indeed even happened there. <laughs> I am unsure. Cannot confirm. Uh, it is the one with the absolutely wacky, like, bizarrely nationalist premise about, like, the rest of the world traveling back through time to underman undermine Japan's technological revolution that's going to happen in the near future by sicking King Ghidorah on them. Cool. And they have to, like, go make Godzilla happen again to fight King Ghidorah, which is just, like, some real, real thick thematic territory for a Godzilla film. But yeah, that one's pretty wild. That sounds pretty dope. Um... Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah, know much about I mean, Godzilla. Especially considering, like, it's it's basically, like, a Japanese filmmaker being like, we we can't let people erase the atomic bombing from our history because it's what made us super awesome. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a perspective, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, if that's how people feel about it. But... Okay, anyway, that's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, we watched... Uh... Uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Yes, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Uh, this is a fun one. Uh, it's pretty much a direct sequel to the previous film, uh, even referencing stuff that happened in Godzilla vs. Mothra at points. Yeah, uh, I, I did seem to... I did feel like that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, the... Because, the, like, um, a, a lot of the characters aren't really surprised when the little miniature twins show up. That's, yeah, everyone knows about them because they were in the previous movie and persuaded Mothra to fight Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, so can we back that up for a second? Like, like, why small girl? Um, because Mystic Island tribalism? Okay, um. But, but like, it's just them and not, like, the entire tribe, right? Well, right, but they're clearly a part of the... They're like part of the the mythical world of this this island tribe and their god. Uh, yeah, I mean we we talked about this a little bit in both because it happened in both Kong King Kong versus Godzilla and Godzilla versus Mothra. The like kind of uncomfortable depiction of of natives in these movies is like a little bit. I mean, if, if it's it's the sort of thing where, like, if you were what I, I mean, we talked about this before. You weren't here, so I'm repeating this, possibly like slightly for your benefit. Okay. But um, if this depiction of of native peoples were in a western movie, it would be hella fucking racist. Uh. Okay. Yeah. To be fair, we were probably hella fucking racist in '64. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying we weren't. Just it's a little. Okay, like, in as perspective, who, we as didn't go who, to the moon yet. Right. No, I'm not saying we weren't. I'm just saying, as someone who is not natively Japanese, it's not entirely clear to me how racist this depiction is. <laughs> like, these symbols are pretty similar to Western racist symbols of Native American people. I don't know if these symbols read the same way in in Japan versus the, like, my limited knowledge of, of Japanese history does involve, like, there are native people to the Japanese islands that were part, like, dispossessed to a certain degree by the, the people who became the majority race in Japan, but, like, I don't know if they have the same relationship that we do with Native Americans, but, yeah, um, okay, I mean, it's probably pretty clear to you from seeing this one, but, like, it was more of a central theme in the previous two movies that the director of this film clearly has, is communicating a bit of, like, Japanese anxiety about their treatment of the native peoples of the, the, the like, the island chain. Right? You got that, I'm assuming? Run that past me again? <laughs> okay, like the fact that uh in this movie in this movie that like the the people of Japan 
come to, like, they basically ask for Mothra to help out with their space alien problem that they've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that that happened. Right, that's like a major part of the plot of the movie. Uh, but basically, <laughs> uh, they di- they did that in the previous movie too, and the they asked Moth they asked for the help of Mothra with the Godzilla issue, and in that one, like they'd found out that like nuclear testing had like fucked up the island infant island that Mothra's from, so like there's clearly some antipathy there between the <laughs> mainlanders and the island people, and like. They're kind of, like, asking for the same favor again in this movie, and they don't really go heavily into it, but there's clearly a little bit of, like, you guys are really gonna ask us for help again feeling going on. Okay, yep. I I, I do understand that a little bit. I Yeah, the last movie probably would have helped uh, contextualize that for me. I mean, it's not, like, they're not, it's not directly like they don't reference it in dialogue it's not like super continuity heavy or anything it's just kind of a thing that's there if you notice it i gotcha no i was just like uh uh, big big monster do stuff right so though yeah like like, uh we were talking about in the previous two movies about there being tension between, like, the natives and the majority, like, mainland people are... there's It's still there. This movie is still kind of continuing on with that theme from the previous two movies. <laughs> was kind of my main point. Gotcha. Do you know what else this movie is? And, like, this is this is my hot take from watching it in uh, the, year, the year of 2022. Uh, it's about how cooperation is good. Um, well... I yeah, guess I, I, I mean, I that's... Should not, I, t- tell me what you think it is about, Garrett. I'm well, sorry, yeah. I undercut your joke. Oh, oh, is like, is that what Mothra's about? That, like, Japan should, like, ask for help and cooperate with other places to become better than they could by themselves? Because that's, like, a decent theme. Was that, like, the whole thing you were just explaining? <laughs> I mean, kind like, um... I'm not even trying to be an ass about it. I just did not understand because you were using big words. No, no, I I get what you're saying. Like, as a, as an uh, an American watching this, it seems pretty clear to me that the director is portraying Mothra as like one of like a native spirit, like one of this like a, a spirit that protects the the land and the people that live there, like in the sense that it's like a like a native a native god that they can invoke for protection against things and the the mainland people have not been respecting that at all like they're through the proliferation of nationalism and industrialization they've been totally disrespecting the like the the need to stay in balance with the natural world and like now they're they're cashing in a favor that they don't have anymore is like kind of the tension Oh, so you're saying, like, modernization, they, like, went too far into it and lost, like, connection to, like, the natural earth and, like, nature and stuff? I mean, I think that's pretty clearly, I think the director is kind of talking about that. Like, a lot of the, like, a lot of the characters in the plot, like, the characters realize that they're asking a lot of Mothra. Like, the the Japanese characters are like, yeah, we're asking for a big favor, but we're kind of all in this together and we need it. Sorry, we've been jerks. Gotcha. I mean, this would probably be more beneficial if I watched the mo- the other movie, but uh, <laughs> we're here now. I, 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 it's not as much of a sequel as I'm kind. Of, I'm just kind of. I, well, I'm, I'm thinking back over the course of the few we've done. You're talking about like themes that are carried over, though, and like if I don't have like the reference point of where the themes came from, it makes it hard. Right. See, we already got, like, we already got way too hard into it. I should have started with, like, this movie is also directed by Ishiro Honda, uh, the director of the first Godzilla movie, and uh, up till this point, he has directed all of them except the second one. But I I guess, uh, like, I should have started with that, because I I was just thinking that, like, he's telling a continuous, like, the the movies have been fairly thematically consistent for three, four, and five. But go go ahead and say what you were going to say. 
Um, this movie is extremely relevant for 2022. Um, just like the fact that we open Garrett, up Garrett, in with, what way? Um, well, okay, some <laughs> of it won't be, like, as, won't, won't be, like, as apples per apples, but, um, uh, we knew about global warming in 64, um, because yeah. this movie, uh, talks about it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of a main focal point to the opening. Um, yep. I mean, really, I guess, like, the unrealistic thing is, like, there wasn't, like, a weird cult, um, founded around the, the fortune being told from the Venus lady. <laughs> um, cause, uh, I've learned from living life that, uh, that would have happened. Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, Japan does, I, I am aware of their ongoing problem with weird cults. I mean, I'm I'm just like from from judging here from America, th- there would have been a following for it. I mean, it's not like we don't also have a problem with weird cults, but you know. Um, so like that kind of stuck out as kind of it. It had like a conspiracy theory like comparison to it. I don't want to put that on the film. That's not what the film's doing. That is just a kind of like it it. Uh, resonated when I saw that and was thinking about things because it had me thinking about global warming. Right. Well, well, okay. So, like, essentially the overall plot of the film is that an alien outsider comes to the Earth in the form of this meteor that gives birth to Ghidorah eventually. Um, And it's in everyone's best interest if they pool their resources to eliminate that threat. But they right. don't want to do that. That is essentially the plot of the film. Right. Uh, also, like, I, I feel like just kind of, like, political assassination is kind of relevant, unfortunately, too. Okay, yeah, yeah, there's there's that, too. Yeah, don't, no one storms any major, like, the National Diet or anything in this movie, but, you know. I, I mean, they're trying to assassinate a princess from, I think, oh, God, I, I meant to look up if it was a real country beforehand. Renaissance Fairland. Yeah, it, it's it's fake, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I don't. I forget exactly where it is, but it's definitely a fake place. Okay. Yeah. So oh. Selgina. Yeah. Her Princess Salno of Selgina. Yeah, Selgina. Okay, there's there's no way Selgina is a real place. Right? I'm gonna feel really bad if it is. Okay, I got real scared for a second because, like, when I googled it, like a, a flag came up, but then right under it, it says it shows small up small like fictional a... monarchy. <laughs> okay, good. I was very concerned for a second. <laughs> concerned we were gonna have to be like, okay, sorry, Sybil, we're canceling this one. <laughs> this episode didn't happen. <laughs> Look, at, at some point, I'm probably going to cancel myself. <laughs> but, uh, okay. <laughs> in terms of the movie, I, the first scene in this movie is actually, like, really weird and goofy in a way. Like, it, the, like the Godzilla montage? No, 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 not not that one. The, the one after they cut to the human characters, where it's like the UFO club of, like, 30 dudes standing around... They're like, we're gonna get a message from the aliens. And then the reporter's like, well, it's message time and they didn't send us anything. How's that going? And everyone immediately is like, this is because you don't believe in aliens. This is all your fault, girl. But she's also like, but I don't not believe in aliens. (laughs) They're like, your skepticism is why they sense... Yeah, yeah, they sense your mistrust through your brainwaves. And I'm like, uh... This seems like a you thing, maybe. Maybe. Uh, also, I appreciate that this seems to be a fairly strong, independent woman. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the plot is... Like, she's a journalist. She's kind of got, like, a Lois Lane thing going on. There was, like... My cultural like... references... Right. There's just, like, no, like, extremely, like, high-level plain sexism, which was kind of shocking. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, okay. But, yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the plot of this movie is about, like, after that scene happens, we go back to the newspaper office that, um, the, the reporter works for, 
Uh, and they're getting information about a princess traveling to Japan from the small Himalayan nation of Seljana. Well, no. So I think they were at the police station. And oh, the reporter they? goes there because the police guy is there. And he's like, you're going to bodyguard this person. Okay, right. Yeah, I forgot who. Uh, yeah, I forgot the exact details of this one because it has been a while since I first watched it. There's also kind of the part where, like, you could throw this out the window and it wouldn't change the movie. <laughs> like the the like Venus this Venus lady princess plot like doesn't go anywhere. Like yeah, yeah, the princess is she's what her body is taken over by aliens from Venus. Yes. That's what happens, right? Yeah, but the aliens have been here for like 5,000 years. They're they're alien ghosts, right? Like, basically. Yeah, they, kind of. They, they are alien ghosts who have traveled from Venus uh, because, uh, to warn us about the fact that King Ghidorah is about to show up because uh, he showed up on their planet and wrecked everything a long-ass time ago. Yeah. So, now the, we have alien ghosts in play. Yeah, G Ghidorah Strong. Honestly, that's one of the more out-there concepts in the entire Godzilla franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. But there's also a scene where we go, we, like, cut back to the, like, the Prime Minister of Seljana, and he, like, Oh, sends... man, I hate to cut you off, but did, did you do the Biolante movie yet? Oh yes, I've seen Godzilla. Well, I mean, I've seen Godzilla. Ha have have we have we talked about it yet? No. On this pod I want to be there for that one. I hear that one's dope. Oh yeah, Godzilla versus Violante is great. Violante uh, is, is like, like also uh, AKA the Smog Monster, right? Like I'm remembering this kind of. Uh, nope, those are two different things. Godzilla oh. versus Hedera is the Smog Monster. That's like Showa movie nine, ten, something like that. Uh, I hear uh, that's also dope. Biolante is the second Heisei movie. Okay, I, I I think I remember hearing both those are dope. I like Biolante. I have never seen Hedera. It is apparently real weird, but I have not seen it. Um, I also uh I want to be here when we do SOS. I hear SOS is real dope. Oh yeah, SOS is the one that's like a like a super classic mecha story because like. Yeah, it's all yeah. about them making a Mechagodzilla to fight Godzilla, and the lady who is piloting it, like, has to deal with the sexism of the system, and, like, none of the men pilots in the, the JSDF believe that a lady can fight Godzilla, <laughs> and she proves them all wrong by kicking ass. It's pretty great, actually. I hear it's pretty dope. Um, go ahead and continue. I just, that, those came to mind. Or, wait, am I getting that one mixed up with Mechagodzilla? Godzilla against Mechagodzilla? Uh, I could maybe. be getting that mixed up with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. That, that honestly like, could be... Um, there are, like, seven Mechagodzilla movies. I, I feel like there, there's also a part of that in, in GMK, too, so... Yeah, maybe. I, okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> we we will do more we'll we'll do more of these especially now that you've done one with me I, I love talking about Godzilla movies. well we're in the, we're in the process of doing one right now yeah I know <laughs> that's what I'm saying we well will I do haven't more I haven't completed it yet so I haven't done one yet okay well I will ask you in an hour how you feel about it then okay um. Uh, Okay, but right. Anyway, I was saying there's a scene in the uh int like in the kind of intro 10 minutes here where we go over to like the prime minister of Seljana and he like six a weird-looking assassin guy and is like go murder the princess so that I will have all the political power in the country. Yeah, so <laughs> she's going to be being followed around by a guy in sunglasses for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um they only wear the weird Renaissance things in the beginning, and it's kind of it's kind of disappointing they drop that. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, they're, they're in Japan wearing blend-in clothes for the rest of the movie after the intro sequence. That's boring. Yeah. Uh, so the, the um, like we mentioned with we we were talking about the ghost aliens. Uh, so they they show up in the scene where the the princess of Seljana is flying into Japan in a plane. Uh, she stands up. 
opens the hatch on the airplane, and jumps right out. Okay, well, no. She's, like, she's like looking out the window. There's, like, a meteor shower going on. There's, like, a weird, like, beam of light that hits her. And then she starts hearing voices about how she needs to leave the plane. And then right. she kind of just bails. Yeah. Yeah, she was told to jump out of the airplane. So it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's different. If the voices in your head tell you to do it, it's okay. Right. Um, so... The uh, police officer... Oh, and then the plane explodes. Yeah. So all those characters are dead. Uh, we, we see a scene of a meteor landing in the mountains somewhere. And that's it for that plotline for now. Yeah. Uh, even though it's kind of like the plotline that, make, that like makes the movie go. Yeah, it is basically what we're going to be following for a while. Uh, but from there we go over to intro, like th- this is kind of where they they introduce um Ghidorah himself into the movie, because uh like a giant meteorite has landed in the mountains and there's a like an archaeological team is sent out to extract it basically. Yeah, and like it's I mean it the meteor is Ghidorah like Ghidorah yeah. himself is not introduced proper until like the end of the movie yeah uh yeah i mean his name is in the title so you can probably guess that the meteor is going to turn into the title monster but if you don't it's a bit of a surprise also Also, the meteor emits magnets right well yeah sometimes uh the the cops learned that the princess's plane was blown up at this point they're like well i guess i don't have to bodyguard her now yeah, but then they find out about, like, this weird prophet person claiming they're from Venus about how they shouldn't go to the volcano. Which is, uh, like, solid advice. Like, you probably shouldn't go to a volcano normally. Yeah, don't go to volcanoes unless you have a good reason to, probably. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, like, I kind of understand that, like... It's, I mean, it's I've a... been to a volcano, but, you know, that was... You know, just for fun. <laughs> you're not you're not really selling the point for not going to volcanoes with that. Just so you I know. mean, it was a pretty tame volcano. Loa is a very tame volcano. I okay. That's that's <laughs> you, you got me. <laughs> or was it Mauna Kea? I think it was Loa. Uh but okay, so so um the Basically, there's a huge crowd gathered around the lady who was the princess, who now has a uh, dead Venusian inhabiting her, uh, which we do not yet know, but (laughs) will be revealed later. And she's kind of telling everyone that the Earth is going to be destroyed soon unless they do something. Yeah. Um... They, there's a bit in the, uh, someone in the crowd mentions that there's, that she's delusional from the heat wave and the encephalitis outbreak. They bring this up a few times, and I get the feeling that it was probably, like, one of those, like, uh, industrialization commentary things from the director, where, like, this was a relevant modern issue at the time. I mean, it's kind of relevant in modern now if you change very few things. <sighs> God damn it! Yeah, uh, with the global warming and the what? We're we're starting a second pandemic, and we haven't finished up the first one yet. I mean, is is monkey? Okay, this is me being ignorant rather than like trying to make a joke. Isn't that just like a sexually transmitted thing? Is that really like as? Okay, nope, nope. Hard stop. I'm going to actually throw out my most of a medical degree here and throw out some actual monkeypox facts. Not a sexually transmitted infection, though it can be transmitted sexually. It is, in fact, one of the modern standards for most infectious disease. You remember that story about how one of the most famous germ warfare incidents in history is giving smallpox-infected blankets to people in the New World? Yeah, no. Monkeypox is the guy that's about a step below smallpox. They even share a vaccine from memory. It can be very, very contagious. It's similar to how at the start of the COVID pandemic, a lot of people were saying you needed to disinfect every surface, wash your hands, wash packages that came in, wash groceries when you bought it. 
Monkeypox is the guy you need to do that with. It sticks to surfaces. It lasts. Scabs and runoff from the pox are very infectious. Your clothing, your uh, da, 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 bedding, blankets, pillows, etc. All very much so. Do not be around other people if you have monkeypox. Get yourself diagnosed. Get something. As soon as there are any vaccine rollouts in your area, get it. This is a thing that needs to be hit hard, especially if you have had COVID, because you are going to have a lesser immune response, period. I don't care if it was years ago. I don't care if you were first wave only. If you have had COVID, take every precaution with this. Thanks. Uh, let's see. What actually happens in the plot of a movie for a while here? So, like, I feel there's... like we kind of just tread water for a little while until the little the little Mothra twins are introduced. Yeah. So, like, like it, it is that maybe like a weird colonization thing where they like just like bring them on to like a weird TV show that could be considered bad. I think. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of like the the little the little Mothra fairies, like tiny versions of people that are like inner that allow humans to communicate with the spirit realm like that's actually pretty that that happens across the the globe like that's not unique to japanese culture like they have those in europe and stuff right no 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 i i'm in like the context of the movie bringing oh, out these oh. tiny deity sisters to your uh, variety show so a right. kid can see mothra Right, right, yes. It's extremely um, putting, insensitive, it seems like. Yes, pu- putting, putting like, the, the gods on a talk show is definitely supposed to at least get a little bit of a satirical rise out of the audience, probably. Uh, since you did not see... Godzilla vs. King Kong is all about... is all about TV politics, and, like... Uh, how like the fucked up things that TV was that uh, TV executives were trying to do to make money during the like the 1960s in Japan. So I guess like really like these movies are just teaching me history is circular. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've often in in one of my like self indulgent. I'm an anime fan, so I know things about Japanese culture moods. I'll often think that Japan has a lot of the same problems that we have. They just hit them a few years earlier than we do. Maybe. Um, as long as you don't, like, try try to be a full weeb and be like, and Japan does it better every time. Well, they don't really see... No, they seem to be failing exactly as badly at it as we are. No, so. I, no I, meant, <laughs> I meant their shows tackling those issues. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, no. D- don't don't tread this line, Chris. No, I I, I mean I I don't like like if you're asking for my real personal opinion, like I I think uh there was actually a bit on um they did a Retronauts episode with a guy who uh did a a book about like why Japanese culture is the way it is now. And, like, he kind of postulates that basically because almost all production was wiped out during World War II and they kind of just decided that they had to rapidly industrialize, they became, they like, they ran into the problems of modernization and urbanization in a, just a hyper-accelerated way that the rest of us experienced it over the course of the late 20th century. They just hit that stuff a little bit faster than we did because they kind of like everything else got blown up in the war gotcha i was just making the point that like sometimes our tv shows can tackle themes well too Mm, yeah i mean i I watch american tv shows did you see did you watch that peacemaker show that was pretty good i haven't finished it yet but it was it's been fun from what i've watched i guess i gotta watch it before hbo dies yeah yeah apparently that's gonna happen now um, uh, yeah, but like that was that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, he 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 beats up a superhero version of the Grand Dragon at the end. It's amazing. I love uh, it. Uh, you really just spoiled that for me. <laughs> uh, I promise you, it'll still be very satisfying. Oh wait, he just beats it. up his dad. Uh, I mean, I don't want to reveal how it goes down, but yeah, basically, 
dope. It's extremely cool. Cool. Good show. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It was uh, what I've watched so far. I'll finish it, most likely. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, uh, maybe I should mainline everything that's on HBO Max this weekend. So yeah, I, I hear the, like, I hear, like, the Harley Quinn cartoon is good. Oh, yeah, the first two seasons were amazing. Uh, I hear, um, I heard the Doom Patrol show's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I watched the first season of that. It was pretty good. It didn't, like, I was pretty skeptical about the Doom Patrol show, honestly, because things that have attempted to capture Grant Morrison's style have generally not done a very good job at all, in my experience, but they actually kind of do after a few episodes. It's pretty cool. That's neat. I don't know anything about Doom Patrol. Uh, I mean, it's mostly lifting from Grant Morrison's 80s Vertigo reboot of the property. Uh, yeah, cool. That that still doesn't add, <laughs> add anything to me. Okay. Uh, think of the, like, think of the Doom Patrol as, um, okay. He- here's an interesting, interesting factoid that'll give you some context for the Doom Patrol. When Stan Lee and, uh, and Jack Kirby created the X-Men... Originally, they were accused of being ripoffs of the Doom Patrol. I got it. Um, uh, also, I have another confession. I don't think I've like consumed a Grant Morrison thing. Oh my God, Garrett! You know you can't tell me that. I it makes me, it makes me compelled to like send you things. I mean, I mean, you can if you like, but like, I don't like. Let me let me just like double check real quick. Uh, um, okay. All Star read... Superman, no. Animal Man, no. Batman, no. Doom Patrol, no. Final Crisis, no. Holy shit, my dude. Um, All Star Superman is why like is the... Spider Man Zoid and Zoids in in his work? That's weird. I mean, he did work for hire for a long time. Like, I know he wrote for 2000 AD in uh, Britain before he like got into comics in America. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at notable works, and it's it's a lot of nose. Oh my god. <laughs> oh oh. Okay. Well, I need to solve a problem for you, so I'm gonna figure out how to do that. So hang hang on. Okay. Uh, we we we'll, 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 we should record. I'm gonna make a note, and we should record the rest of this episode. Okay. Okay. So, so anyway, I- anyway, back in the movie, so so they put the little monster people on uh, TV and have them sing a song so that they can have Mothra show up and help with stuff, right? Do they even know there's an issue at this point? No, the, uh, we are not aware of an issue right now. They literally just brought them so a kid could meet Mothra through psychic powers. Oh, right, right, yeah. They're just like telepathically communicating Mothra's will from an island several miles away. Yeah, they also bring up, like, there was two Mothras, but one died, so they only have one right now. Yeah, in the in the previous movie, adult Mothra died, but she left behind an egg that hatched two babies, uh, one of which apparently died in between movies due to injuries that stayed in the fight with Godzilla, so. Honestly, I'm surprised this one didn't die. It doesn't look like it's doing super great, but on the other hand, it will kick tons of ass at the end of this movie, so... Well, yeah, like, so, Mothra, like, like, basically should have died, but also was the best monster in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, we go, we see a little bit more what the police and the, uh, journalists are up to. Uh, doesn't the police guy go up to where the, uh, meteor crashed in the mountains? Uh, I think so. There there were definitely points where I kind of got confused on who was who, and definitely thought, like, the cop guy was in multiple places at the same time, (laughs) but I think it was his superior. He's got a very, like, I actually had this problem with white guys in 1950s, 60s films, too, where I, like, cannot tell them apart, but... Yeah, when when they they cast a very normal like square jawed hero type dude for the the male lead role, and he looks like every other guy. Yeah, I, I kind of had that problem. 
Uh, so, mild prosopagnosia <laughs> makes the plot of this one slightly confusing. Yeah. Um, the Venusian lady goes up on a different mountain, and Rodan just pops out of the ground there. Yeah, yeah, she's like, don't go to the volcano, there's a Rodan. She's not like, there's a Rodan, but... Yeah, she didn't say there was a Rodan, but she had been telling people not to go there. There are a lot of people there. They they do not they did not avoid the Rodan. Yeah, so then Rodan shows up and that's a problem. Uh yeah, uh, Rodan had had its own movie by this point, I'm pretty sure. When 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 did the Rodan movie come yeah, out? Yeah, cuz like 1959. Well, I mean they they reference like the Rodan and Godzilla fight, so yeah, uh, well, oh, wow, longer ago than I thought. Um, this is Rodan's third appearance. The first one was in the movie Rodan, second in Valley of the Dragons in 1956 and 1961, respectively. Though 19 the Valley of the Dragons was a stock footage cameo in an American film, so we probably don't really need to count that one. That's fair. So, but yeah. So Rodan had apparently been buried under this mountain for six years? Eight years, if we're assuming the length of time between movie releases coincides to in-universe time. Right. Um, and then, I mean, I guess, like, it kind of treads water until it happens again, but this time Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is kind of like the... It, it's kind of interesting because it becomes a, a bit clear that, uh, the end of the world that the Venusian lady has been talking about is, like, two separate end of the worlds. Like, Ghidorah will destroy everything just on their own, but also, like, all the monsters are waking up, and they might, if they don't, like, figure out how to coexist, that's also gonna be real bad. Right. Which, uh, they're probably gonna save that theme for another movie, because we didn't, we didn't solve that part. I mean, they sort of work together in this one. At the end, a little bit. We didn't bit. solve this part. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just say that the, uh, kind of the pseudo-climax of the Showa series is, uh, three movies from that, from this one, and it's called Destroy All Monsters. There might be four. I forget if it's movie eight or nine. Um, but yes, it features a very similar plot to this one. Oh, well. I guess we didn't learn then. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. So, oh, there's a lot of stuff with the assassin hunting the Venusian lady in like the second act of the movie. That's yeah. like a a lot of what drives the second act, honestly. Yeah. There's kind of like so like this the Venusian like predicts like oh Mothra twins don't go go on the boat, and they're like you know what. We're not going to go on this boat. Right. And then they, like, hide in her purse. Yeah. And then, like, the reporter lady meets up with the Venetian, because, like, there's a side plot where, like, we need to get this lady on television so we can make make them bucks. Yeah. Um, uh, after an assassination attempt where they, like, try to the assassin tries to kill them in a hotel they're staying at. They, like, divert to going up a mountain to, like, take her to a doctor. Which, yeah, that seems reasonable. <laughs> well, well, no, there, there's things that, like, the whole, like, hotel thing happens before that. Does does something else happen in the hotel other than the assassination attempt? Well, there's, well it's mostly just the assassination attempt and then the cop get getting into the to this plot because he's kind of out of the loop until that point. Right, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, they join those plot lines together so that he can, yeah, now he's with the reporter and the... Who is also his sister. Yeah. Around 40 minutes into the movie, also Godzilla just gets, just stands up out of the ocean and starts wrecking shit. Yeah, it just atomic breasts that boat. So now that's a problem, too. Yeah. I, I do kind of, like... I do kind of like just this feeling of impending doom that the movie creates over the course of the first, like, uh, up until it hits the climax. Like, there's just a whole lot of bad shit going down and coming together all at one time. 
like they use they use this mood again for destroy all monsters in my memory, but it's a fun idea, really. I mean, and kind of inevitable when you're gonna throw multiple giant monsters into a movie. Kind of seems natural to do this, really. No, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so eventually they 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 take the uh take the lady with the Venus ghost. Up to the uh, mountain to visit a, what, a neuroscientist, I think? Uh, to be like, hey, is she nuts or is she, or is she telling the truth? Uh, I believe that, and the neuroscientist is like, eh, seems fine to me. I've performed my science on this alien ghost inhabited lady and I have to say that she's on the up and up. Yeah, it's just like, she is perfectly healthy. And they're like, cool, what about that alien part? And he's like, ow. Oh. <laughs> well, I was like, ask her. So she, this is where she gives the backstory about uh, Venus being, like, more advanced than Earth at one point, but then being devastated by Ghidorah. And them all dying. <laughs> yeah. And then they're gonna do, like, more, like, tests where, like... Or, like, this is where they do do the test where, like, they knock her out to talk to, like, the consciousness of the brain, which is the Venetian. Right, yeah. That's when that's when they give that backstory. Uh, and then, after that, they're like, we will also do more tests where we shock her for science. <laughs> uh, that's fucked up. Okay, but, um, yeah, basically after she reveals how much of a threat Ghidorah is and how it's kind of a bigger deal than everything else that's been going down, that's when the meteorite that the archaeologists have been messing around with here and there in interstitial scenes actually opens up and unleashes Ghidorah, basically. Yeah, and then Ghidorah's just like, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. (laughs) I actually really love the way Ghidorah appears. Like, the, the meteorite, like, glows, and the way the prop looks, it, it almost looks like it's a brain, and then it, like, cracks open, and this giant fireball shoots into the sky. <laughs> that, uh, like, yeah, it, it the fireball coalesces into the form of a three-headed dragon. Um, yeah, that's King Ghidorah. Uh, King Ghidorah kicks ass. Uh, it is easily, like, they reuse it all the time because it is easily one of the best monster designs ever created for a kaiju. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's so good. And it's just like lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, technically those are gravity beams, Garrett. Jeez. Um, no, they're yellow and they're bolts. They're lightning bolts. They, they do look exactly like lightning bolts, yeah. Uh, but in in the uh, if you read a Godzilla handbook, it calls them gravity beams. Okay. They I have mean... Ghidorah fly over a pagoda and wreck a wreck an ancient historical pagoda, just like they did in the previous, uh, like in King Kong vs. Godzilla. Very unsubtle bit of you know, if we don't preserve our natural history, it will be destroyed. Symbolism. Not so much symbolism as just that thing happening. Fair. Uh, so from there we go over to uh, apparently they. Th- this is where they've taken the Venusian lady to the the National Diet. I think at this point, like they've basically got her. And is she, oh wait, does she not show up yet? Because because like there's a meeting of the, like all the politicians and military people of Japan happening for a lot of the rest of the movie i i don't i forget if the like the 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 characters from the 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 venus ghost plot show up there eventually yeah yeah because like they're they're doing the thing where they're like hey like because godzilla and rodan like seem to be converging to where Ghidorah is because a movie (laughs) yeah it's a it's a movie and they're gonna fight yeah and then they're like, uh, so government, um, what you gonna do? And then, like, yeah, the reporter lady shows up and, like, ah, uh, we have Mothra twins. We have an idea. It involves Mothra. Right. Yeah, and they're like, well, let's ask... Yeah, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, where the Japanese government is like, hey, maybe Mothra can help us solve this giant space dragon problem. And they're like, uh, that's not gonna be enough. 
Yeah, they're like, well, well, we'll do that, but, like, the plan actually is to um, get Mothra to convince Rodan and Godzilla to team up to fight uh, Ikidora. Right. We need to make this like a, a like we need to outnumber Ghidorah to beat them. And they're like, and, okay, this is still our best shot, so do what you said. Yeah. Uh, like, the the military dude is like, we're, who is going to negotiate with the giant monsters? They're like, well, we're just going to have to trust Mothra to do it. And everyone's like, okay. Since they don't really have much choice at this point. So then they do. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much happens. Oh yeah, we, we go back up to the... Uh, yeah, we, we go back to the doctor. The, the doctor's performing some more experiments on uh, Ghost Brain Lady. And uh, like they get some more details about the, how that all works. Um they ex- I-, I think that uh, they-, they flash some lights on her, and she explains that they used to have all sorts of crazy-ass psychic powers, but the only one that the ghosts still have is the ability to see the future. Yeah, which is why they know we're fucked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and- <laughs> then, then, like, the assassins come, and that happens, and then Ghidorah gets there, and, like, everything starts to converge. <laughs> yeah, the the monsters are gonna have a fight near the same mountain that they're they're doing the psych experiments on brain alien ghost lady. Yeah, so they have to leave and like try to evacuate, and then like uh, that starts to go on. But then they're like, "Oh yeah, we also called Mothra, so let's go watch that negotiation go." <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the rest of the movie is kind of is like us watching, um. Mothra show up and try to solve this problem that they've been tasked with. Which, uh, uh, well, Godzilla and Rodan are huge bitches about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mothra shows up and, like, tries to stop them from fighting for, like, five minutes. And then is finally like, fuck you, and then shoots uh, web silk at them. And then they they can start talking for real. And then the twins are like, Godzilla and Rodan are just bitches. Honestly, the stuff with Godzilla and Rodan fighting is kind of hilarious. They kind of just... They just throw rocks at each other for like five minutes. (laughs) It looks so childish and petty. Um, Yeah, like Rodan pecks Godzilla in the head at one point. I forget exactly when that happens, but it's really funny looking. Yeah, Godzilla's superpower is just like throwing rocks that are kind of big. Uh, they did this in the, a little bit in the King Kong movie, too, and, like, yeah, it's kind of been a problem that, like, they want to have these big wrestling scenes with the giant monster suits, but the suits are not really agile enough to accommodate that. Like, I get it. Like, Godzilla has to establish dominance because he has arms. <laughs> yes, he, he, he has arms and fire breath. Ghidorah just has heads. They don't have arms. <laughs> But yeah, so so after they get webbed up, um, the little twins start translating for the monster talk that we see. And, uh, like, yeah, Mothra's like, look, the world is going to be destroyed unless we deal with the King Ghidorah situation. And, the, like, I kind of love all of this stuff where the twins are just like, uh, Godzilla says he thinks humans suck ass and should all go die. And Rodan's like, hell yeah. Rodan's like, yeah, I also do not like them. And then it kind of just ends where Mothra's like, well, I guess I'll just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, at that point, King Ghidorah does actually show up, and, um... Yeah, Rodan and Godzilla go back to fighting. Mothra goes off to go fight King Ghidorah. Yeah. Th- there's, like, some more evacuation scenes while King Ghidorah just randomly blows a lot of shit up. Yeah. Mothra get uh, Mothra is like do trying to fight King Ghidorah but is kind of getting t- thrown around by the laser beams, which like fair. Yeah. It's having a rough time. Um eventually <laughs> Godzilla and Rodan are like, "Man, Mothra's getting beat up real bad. We we feel like jerks. We should go help them." Yeah. 
And then, like, during this whole thing, there's also, like, the assassination plot going on where, like, the assassin tries to kill the Venetian slash princess and, like, grazes her head, which gets rid of the Venetian, and then she's just the princess again. Right. And then, and then like, some rocks fall from the fight and kill the assassin, so that gets resolved. Oh, man. Yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, 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 because, like, he's trying to, the, the and the assassin's, like, trying to snipe them across a ravine at one point. He's got, like, a rifle, and yeah. the cop is, like, trying to keep them from getting shot to death. Uh, until... No, he's just choosing to get shot instead of her. Mm. <laughs> Man, yeah, it is, a. Uh, it is also happening, but it is not, um... It's yeah, not it's the cool part. Like, it's not the interesting thing that's happening. Where where Godzilla lets Mothra bite his tail to carry them up a mountain. Yeah. I love the bit when King Ghidorah shoots Godzilla in the ass with lasers, too. That's, that's also, also very, pretty good. Very funny. Um, so, I, it's skipping ahead a slightly little bit, but probably the best piece of cinema in this film is Mothra riding on Ghidorah, shooting Silk at Ghidorah. So I guess Mothra's oh. on Rodan, actually, but it's still amazing. <laughs> yes, I do not, like, the way, the fact that they got those puppets to work together like that is amazing. But yeah, like, Rodan turns Mothra into an artillery unit. Well, Which, like, hell yeah. Yeah, Godzilla distracts Ghidorah while Mothra webs them up. It's pretty awesome. And then, like, it kind of just ends. Ghidorah's just like, okay, I'm done, and flies away. Yeah, they web up Ghidorah enough that it's like, uh, this is stupid. I'm going home. And it kind of, and it just flies off into space, if I remember correctly, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's also the antagonist of the next movie, so, uh. That makes sense. Ghidorah will return. So, like. I don't actually remember if the next, I don't know if I've ever even seen the next one. I don't know if it's in continuity with this one. So, like, here's my stupid Godzilla question. Um, wh when does Ghidorah become King Ghidorah, and what is the change or difference between Ghidorah and King Ghidorah? Well, I mean, they call them King Ghidorah in this movie, right? Do, I, I do think... they? Because I the movies, they, they might have, but the movies call it just Ghidorah. Right. Uh, where's... Yeah, it's been called King Ghidorah since the the first time it appeared. Okay, I'll let it slide. Uh, characters were originally referred to as Ghidorah or Ghidra in some English markets. Okay, so it wasn't always called G uh, King Ghidorah in English, but that has always been the official trademark. Okay, I I will accept this explanation. Oh man. <laughs> The, uh, on the Wikipedia page, they, there's a fun rundown of the different backstories that Ghidorah has had. An extraterrestrial planet's destroying dragon, a genetically engineered monster from the future, a guardian monster of ancient Japan, a god from another, another dimension. Cool. Yep. Ghidorah's great. I, I love that they, they've always used it as, like, a final boss, basically. Yeah, that's true. It's I, like Godzilla, but with, like, two more heads. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's actually, um, I, I, we probably should have mentioned this earlier, but, uh, G Ghidorah looks like Yamato no Orochi, I believe, that, which is like an ancient, like an ancient dragon that, uh, that, like, uh, Susanoo fought, I think? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, Yamato no Orochi is like a, it, it's like, um... It's like a, a Japanese version of St. George and the Dragon or something. It's just a real classic story of this big dragon that tormented the countryside until a hero took it out. And Ghidorah basically looks like that, but gold. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, the movie just kind of ends. There's, like, a scene at the end where the princess is like, am I gonna, like, become an alien again and get cool powers? And the doctor's like, I don't know. Okay, so, like, some stuff about Ghidorah. Uh, apparently it was gonna be green originally, because the concept was based on, on Yamato no Orochi. Um, but Tsuburaya was like, uh, uh, Tsuburaya had an assistant that said, uh, it should be gold, because it's from Venus, the gold planet. 
I've never thought of Venus as the gold planet, but I think that's correct. Yeah, that's correct, because, like, Sailor Venus is, like, yellow, which is basically gold. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that was a huge win. That assistant hopefully got a raise, because, uh, good, good fucking call. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it would have been fine as green, but it's the gold that made it iconic. Fair. Um, there is a guy in the suit who apparently, like, he, he did the monster by being hunched over and, like, holding onto a bar to not fall. Uh, all the heads and tails were operated, like, um, they were operated by puppeteers that were, like, standing off to the side and above the thing, like they're marionettes, basically. They, That's wildly impressive. Yeah, it actually creates a pretty damn convincing effect. Like, they, the way the monster moves in the movie gives it a lot of personality. Like, uh, they, they don't do the thing like they did in the recent reboot, where each head has a different personality, but just, like, Ghidorah is like a creature of alien menace that just is so weird and threatening, like, comes across really well in the way that moves. I really like that. They do a great job with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that was more deeper facts. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't think this one was quite as solid as the previous two movies, but still pretty fun. Like, they, they were clearly, uh, like a lot of the production was probably focused around the fact that they were doing a lot more suit work than they had in the previous films, because they had a bunch more to do at once. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, they, they were doing some experimental stuff. Some of these ideas will come back in later movies, but, uh, yeah, not, not amazing, but a worthwhile movie to, to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had some fun with it. I mean, probably not the best one. Like some, like the human stuff doesn't really mesh up all that well, but like. It's super fucking weird to just drop ghosts from Venus that can see the future into your your setting as just a thing. But, you know, hey. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can call it there if, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to cover. Um, no, I don't think I have anything else. I enjoyed watching this. I I think we did we did a little bit more disjointed than our previous Godzilla movies. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I'm here to have disjointed things. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, last time me and Sybil did one, we were just both like on top of it the whole time. Also, I had just watched the movie much more recently when we recorded that one, so that probably helped. <laughs> probably just a little bit. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah, good time. Uh, we should, we're what? We're, we're gonna try and record Blade tomorrow still? Uh, Evan got fucking COVID, by the way, in case anyone wants to send him, like, well wishes or whatever. Uh, yeah. He seems like he's mostly doing better now, but, uh, yeah, that's, that sucks. COVID sucks. I, the last couple years have sucked. It's been a rough time. Uh, the world's just kind of bad right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to send Evan any nice messages, you, you know where to find him. Or you can email us at yeah. journeythroughthedecacast.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you our... started this episode, you gotta, you gotta bring us out. That, that's how, that's the actual website, that's the actual email address, right? Um, let me, yeah, journeythroughthedecacast at gmail.com. Okay, at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think, I think that is, uh, enough for this week. We will call it there and reconvene for more Blade. Uh, the next Blade is real fucking wild. Like, Albert Wesker is just in the show now. Albert Wesker <laughs> is just in the show now. Uh, yeah, it's real wild. I'm glad that you, like, took took what I wrote down for my note because you called it something else originally. I, I called him Dime Store Agent Smith, which is, uh, I will probably reuse that joke in the episode because he That's just fair. reminded me so much of Agent Smith from the Matrix movies, but the the Albert Wesker comparison was pretty good. Thank you. Um, yeah. 
uh, Path Through Podcast. Remember that, etc., etc. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll call it there. Yeah, sounds good.